Well, good evening again. Glad to be with you. Tonight we're going to continue our, our study in Psalm 119. So if you have your Bibles, please open to Psalm 119. I'm going to do the same. And tonight we're going to be looking at verses 33 to 48 as we continue this series entitled, Lord, How I Love Your Word. And our hope is certainly that that would be true of us tonight, the people of God. And so let's ask the Lord to bless our time together once more. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we, as we open your word tonight, we just ask your blessing, Holy Spirit, as we just sang, breathe new life in us. Lord, change us, make us new, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So I'm going to jump right in and uh, verse 33. It says, teach me. O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Let your steadfast love come, O Lord, to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I'll meditate on your statutes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Real quickly, I want to turn your mind to stories tonight and ask you to think of what makes up a good story. Certainly characters, a plot of some sort, but other things like tension or conflict and we hope resolution. Last week I was listening to one of my favorite history podcasts, The Rest is History, and it was focusing on J.R.R. Tolkien, some of you may know that name, the author of The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings series, and many, many other uh, wonderful works. In fact, I wondered over this last week more than once if I can qualify to be a Presbyterian minister if I don't have a slight obsession with Tolkien. And I hope the answer is no, but I do enjoy his work. But in books like that, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, stories like those, we have characters often that are sent on various quests or missions. And the story is based on these events and how they handle them, what turns they take, what goes on in their mind, what goes on in their heart, what will their actions be now that they've been sent off with instruction and a supreme goal in mind. In a similar way, in our text tonight, we see the psalmist in these verses who's been shown something supreme through the word of God, he's been shown what holiness looks like. And now he 
and we, as we look at this text, are charged with living that out. Again, by way of the word of God, the psalmist here, he sees what holiness looks like. And he's called to reflect that, as are we. But the question is, how? How is he and how are we to do this? And where do we find instruction on how to live our lives to the Lord and holiness? Well, that's right here, isn't it? It's the word of God. That may seem very obvious. And we know and understand that holiness is what the people of God, that's what we're called to. That's the standard that a holy God has set for us. So if we're walking with Jesus, we should be longing for that, shouldn't we? We should long for a holy life. But the problem is that these get in the way. Our hearts are very deceptive, aren't they? They often take us out of the way of holiness and often in our mind disqualify us from the life that God has for us. The people of Israel were often confronted with things like insane idolatry and often pressure to follow the law as best they could. We, we read all about the law here in this psalm. But the heart, again, it gets in the way for them just as it does for us. And we see that over and again through Scripture. It's, it's no different for us in our lives as we seek to walk in holiness today. Our best intentions are often marred by sin, and, and sometimes we wonder, what is the point of this? Is living that way even possible? Is this loftiness that we read about, is it even attainable? And those are fair questions. Is holiness some mystical state of nirvana that we will never actually reach? Can we hope to reach that? What I hope that we can see tonight and, and actually rejoice in is that the scriptures both call us to holiness but also lead us to holiness. The scriptures call us to holiness and lead us to holiness. So if you hear that and you believe it, the logical question is, how? How does it do that? How do the scriptures call us to holiness or lead us to holiness? Well, first, the scriptures, they call us to holiness by giving us a true understanding of holiness. They give us a true understanding of holiness. We see that in verses 33 through 41. I'm not going to read every single verse again, but, but keep your eyes on these verses as we talk through it. Here in these first nine verses, verses uh, 33 to 41, the psalmist calls out to the Lord nine times. You see that, don't you? These various requests to the Lord, pleading for things like instruction, verse 33, understanding, in verse 34, direction, in 35, what you might call selfless living, in, in verse 36, a pure heart, in 37, covenant faithfulness, in verse 38. Protection from reproach in 39. For, for life itself in verse 40. And finally for steadfast love and salvation. No doubt the psalmist here is pleading for an abiding presence in the Lord. For a holy walk of life. What he is asking and what he desires, it paints for us here. A picture of a holy life. And he's asking for it as we ask for it. And, and we begin here to see and, and understand what holiness is as you look over these verses. But all of these desires, 
Where do they come from? I mean, how do we scrounge these things up, if you will? How is it recognized here in the text by the psalmist? Well, he tells us. The statutes of the Lord. The law of the Lord. The commandments of the Lord. The testimonies of the Lord. There's more here. The ways of the Lord. The promises of the Lord. The rules. The precepts of the Lord. This, this is what it is. Right here. Where holiness is revealed and understand is in the word of God itself. It shows us the very heart of God himself. Here's the thing. We have it right here. We have it in front of us. Lately I've been reading this book entitled Born to Run by Christopher McDougall which tells the story of the Tarahumara people of the Copper Canyons in Mexico. And these reclusive people, they've been written about and researched for hundreds of years, probably more than that, for their otherworldly ability to run extreme distances over the most treacherous terrain for fun. I'm talking about hundreds of miles over the course of days for fun. It sounds fun, doesn't it? Running has been a part of this people's lives for, for centuries, at least, probably longer than that. And fame spread about the Tarahumara people in the 70s and up through the 80s and 90s when eventually a group of these runners were convinced to run in the Leadville 100 Ultra Marathon in Leadville, Colorado in 1994, an incredibly grueling race that still happens today. One spectator of this race, Dr. Joe Vigil, was a seasoned 65-year-old NCAA running coach who just had to find the secret of these people and their incredible running. And so, Coach Vigil found himself out in this cold, dark mountain at some point during this crazy race in 1994 just to get a glimpse of some idea of the mystique of these running people, the Tarahumara. He knew the science behind running. He knew how to succeed in all the uh, competitions that he had found himself in and coached in, but he couldn't figure out what it was that made these people go and go and go and seemingly never tire or stop. Sure, he, diet played some part in it, no doubt, but what was it? The, these Mexican warriors are running in sandals fashioned literally from spare car tire rubber fastened to leather straps that went all the way up their calves and they destroyed the competition. They looked like wizards running down the mountain in their white capes. It's just fascinating to see. And as Coach Vigil watched and pondered and reflected, it, it finally came to him in this cold, dark mountain. The secret. It was right in front of him the whole time. It was their faces. He says, look at their faces. And do you know what he saw in their faces? He saw joy. And he saw love. He saw an intense delight in life itself. They were running freely as they were created to do. And they had joy in that. And their faces beamed. The distance wasn't the issue. They were doing it for joy. It seems that 
he found the answer to what he was looking for. These people they delighted in. They loved running. They were overjoyed by it. But more than that, they, they found joy in life itself. They loved it. So there was no deep secret really to uncover regarding fitness or diet or discipline. It was right there in front of the coach the whole time. He just had to see it. And so as we look at the word of the Lord and ask him, Lord, how do we do this? How do we live and walk in holiness? A life of obedience and trust and faithfulness. How can we hope to attain this at all? The scripture itself shows us exactly what holiness is, as we have seen, and how to walk in it. The truth and the reality, it's right here, and it's been right here. And and folks, it will always be right here in front of us. It gives us a true understanding of the heart of God, and more so, it shows us that holiness is a delight in the life of God. As we see these verses, we see that to call upon the Lord, again, in these first nine verses, to follow his law, to desire selfless living, to desire purity of heart, to, to lean on his covenantal love. Look, look again at, uh, quickly at verse 38. It says, confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Lord, remember your covenantal love to me as, as, we, as we do that. As we hunger and thirst for righteousness and for the salvation and life of the Lord, all of that, it calls us to holiness by showing us what it means. What an incredible blessing we have in the word of God. But not only do the scriptures call us to holiness by showing us what holiness is, but the scriptures also lead us there. They lead us to holiness by giving us a holy resolve. We see that in verses 42 through 48. The scriptures lead us to holiness by giving us a holy resolve. If you look in your ESV Bible, you'll see at the top of verse 41, the second stanza we're looking at tonight, the letters W-A-W, right? In English, it's pronounced Vav, okay? Stephen might say wow, right? But it's Vav, (laughs) Vav. Now, as you have heard, as we started this series, each stanza with, uh, in, in these passages uh, begins with every, sorry, every line begins with the Hebrew letter at the heading of each stanza. And so, in the original language here, starting in verse 41, every line begins with vav. Interestingly, vav is commonly what we would say the and conjunction, the word and, A-N-D. And so here each verse begins with and, a continuation in Hebrew. And the idea is that as the psalmist seeks holiness and trust in the Lord to answer him, which he will and and he does answer, that he would now live in that holiness and walk in it practically. And he rattles off here how he will now live, that he's been shown what holiness is from the word of God. Let's look back at those verses for a moment. In verse 42, Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Here he gives him boldness, doesn't he? And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. There's a desire for truth and hope. Verse 44, I will keep your law continually forever 
and ever. There's a resolve, a resolve for obedience to the Lord. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts, verse 45. There's freedom there. There's, there's confidence in the Lord. Verse 46, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. Here we have a resolve, sorry, a, a resolve to worship. In verse 47, I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. You see, all of this comes from the word of God. The word gives us a resolve to live out the holiness that we are called to. As I was studying these, these verses, I thought of uh, my kids, and particularly, I think they've all done this at times when they were younger, but, but now my youngest son, Miles, who's three years old, he gets so excited, as kids do, about good news, right? They don't like bad news so much, but good news they get overjoyed about. And so he gets excited about things, and when he does, it's like his brain just kicks into gear. And do you know what he does? He rattles off all these things that he's so excited about all at once when he's given exciting news. Hey, Daddy, we're going to go to school and come home and have a snack and play with our superheroes and go to Sassy's house, that's his grandmother, and get ice cream and spend the night and have pancakes, etc., 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 he just can't help it, right? He's overflowing. He's so excited about what follows this announcement of good news, of a fun weekend that he just has to tell us. And he just wants to live in that reality as much as he can. And as we search these scriptures here, we, we see and understand the holiness that God is calling us to. We, like Miles, and like the psalmist, will desire to see this lived out as we experience it. And to walk in it and to live in it. But still, how is the question. I think many of us may be tempted to wonder from time to time what the word of God really has for us. If we've been in church for any amount of time, we've heard countless appeals. Go to the word, right? Read the word. Love the word and Maybe that just falls kind of flat at times. So how do we silence the noise of the enemy? How do, we, how do we combat the deceptiveness of our own hearts that pull us away from the word of God and the way of holiness? This apathy towards the Lord that, that seems to come without any provocation. It just is there. How do we muster up the resolve to walk in holiness? Well, we don't. But Jesus does it within us as we seek him right here in the word of God. As we see him, as we see holiness on display, as we understand it, the spirit of God will take this and he will build on it and give us a holy resolution to walk in the ways of the Lord. The same word that calls us to holiness as we've seen in these verses, it also leads us there. It shows us what it is. All that God may be glorified. My prayer is that that would be us as we go out from here, that God would give us a holy resolve to seek him in his word 
to follow after his ways, to abide in him, to taste and see that he is good. May it be so for us as we seek him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, would you help us, Lord? Would you help us to love your word as we see Jesus in it? Would you help us, Lord, to resolve to follow you in the power of the Spirit, not by our own efforts? Lord, we're weak. Will you give us strength, we pray. Lord, we are poor. Will you remind us of the riches that we have in Christ and in his word? Lord, we're needy. Would you remind us that you know each of us as you know each creature, blade of grass, or hair on our head? Lord, you know our needs. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Lord, be honored as we search you in the word, as we find you in the word, and as we abide with you, we pray. Be glorified in Christ's name. Amen.